Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft. We have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast. For episode 12, where we're going to talk with Martina from Naughty by Nature Woodworking about what it's like to be a female maker. Steven, how's it going? And Martina as well. I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the guests go first. So Martina, tell tell us how it's going this morning. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Feeling a little pressure representing like every female maker out there, but I'm pretty excited to chat with you guys. Don't let them down. I know, right? <laughs> they get like angry DMs and stuff like that. Like that's not how I feel. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 one it's one perspective but it's much more it's it's you know a hundred times better perspective than just me and trevor's perspective where we can you know speculate right i have a feeling we'd get truly angry dms if we tried to do it yeah if we actually tried to speculate about what a female maker is going through just not let us hear was your (laughs) yes yeah yep so what are you guys watching this week I just finished watching Ozark season two on Netflix. Which it, it's really good. It's hard to put down. And then Atypical on Netflix as well. Atypical. It's I don't know that with I've the seen kid that, that has autism yeah, in high school. I've seen hmm. that one. It's really good. It's they're short episodes, so you can knock out the season really fast. They're only like thirty minute episodes. So it's like a binge in a weekend kind of show. Exactly. And then you're like, oh my god, what did I do with my life this weekend? I got nothing done. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Hey, it works. Yep, what about you, yep, Steven? Yep. Um, I actually watched a bunch of stuff this week. I finished up Stan Against Evil, which is a uh, it's on Hulu, but I think it's like an IFC show. It's really I, I don't even want to like try to explain it. It's just a very very funny show, and um, it has John C. McGinley. I think that's how you say his name. He played Doctor Cox on Scrubs. If anyone ever watched oh, Scrubs, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like he kind of has that same sort of character about him. Um, and then I've just been watching a bunch of old school movies, uh, Great Outdoors with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, Ghostbusters 1 with with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. The and, best one. Yeah. And then I just started watching Ghostbusters 2 this morning while I was folding laundry. Nice. They filmed a yeah. Great Outdoors right, like 45 minutes from me. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, Part it does, does kind of. Least. Yeah, I mean, it does definitely looks more like Southern California than it does uh, the the upper like Upper Michigan, or I think wherever I think Michigan or Minnesota maybe is where they're supposed to be at. But it definitely does not look like either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been watching The Good Place, which Ooh, is also that's a on great Netflix. Show. It is a great show. And then, because I have children, I've been watching Zack Storm with them, which is like some animated series about a kid that has a pirate sword and it gives him like magic powers. They like it and it keeps them calm. So <laughs> it's a win. I, th- I thought that was called like Captain Jake or something like that. Is there not well, like that's a, a cartoon? different one? Don't get them mixed up. Now. Right. Get your, get your <laughs> kid pirates straight. Oh, yeah. sorry, dang. That's okay. that's Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Oh, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yes, my kids will let you know if you don't have them correct. I imagine they will, but you know they're also under the age of six, so they have a lot better grasp on things like that than I do. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't actually have any kind of outline for today's show so we yeah we do not have a kind of formal rigid yeah. sort of thing to go with so i think maybe what we'll do is martina let you talk kind of about yourself your background how you got into woodworking and and making 
and then maybe we'll just kind of bounce some questions off of you things that things that we've had happen to us but like like how would someone else handle that how would a female maker handle these situations so i started naughty by nature officially about a year ago now um i have been making for six or so years i kind of started just tinkering around making small stuff for my house and my uncle came by and he's like oh you're into woodworking it's like, I just kind of built this small table, but I guess so. It's like, come over. I have a bunch of tools I can give you. So that kind of jumped it off when he gave me an old craftsman miter saw and bandsaw. I just, I didn't know anything about him. I remember getting the miter saw home and not even knowing how to like lift the blade up. So I was at my real job and talking to one of my partners about it and telling him about it. He's like, look for the back. There's a latch. You can release the blade. I was like, oh. And then it was just kind of game on after that, kind of trying to figure out what I could build for the house next and everything. And then family members or friends asking if I could take on a project for them. And I ended up getting hurt about a year ago. And so... I was trying to figure out what to do next because I was a full-time paramedic and I had a shoulder injury and didn't think I'd be able to go back to work. So I was like, I think I got to take this woodworking thing full-time so I can kind of do it at my own pace and everything like that and not risk further injury. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's My tool collection's expanding and my projects are never-ending and it's just crazy to me, like the demand of custom furniture and sign work and stuff like that. So that's, just, that's pretty killer. Yeah, for sure. I didn't think that when I started tinkering around, like the first table I made was a stand for my tortoise tank that I had. I needed to get the tank off the ground so my dogs <laughs> didn't try to eat the tortoise. So I didn't think that, you know, six years ago, that little project would lead me down a road to doing this full time. That, that's usually how it goes, though, is some random thing is what leads you into it. Oh, yeah, it's always like, hey... I have an idea for something and I can't really find it in a store. Right. Or I don't want to pay the kind of money for some for something in a store and I don't want to buy like a used one. Let's just like let's wing it and see what we can do. That's definitely a huge part of it too. It's you go to the store and it's you look at all the materials and it's like, "Oh, that's just MDF. I can make that out of actual wood for a quarter of the price." So. Oh yeah. Especially if it's IKEA. Right. I mean, I have definitely gone through some Ikea furniture, but now we're slowly working that out and having real furniture built. We we still have a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ikea definitely has its place for certain things. It's like for 50 or 60 bucks, you know, to have an entire like segmented bookshelf or something like that worth like if you would like you could probably buy the plywood for 50 bucks right but then taking all the time to cut all the dados and cut all the yeah. plywood in like these tiny squares so that way you have shelves within shelves you're like oh, I, just, I yeah i don't even want to think about trying to take the time to do that ikea done exactly that's that's usually what it is it's the time aspect more than anything it seems yeah. like yeah yeah, I know you were talking about like your tool collection growing. I know yesterday you and I talked about cordless drills, mm -hmm. but then a couple weeks ago you got that sweet. Uh, what you got a planer and a joiner, or did you get a a joiner and a and a dust collect? I can't. Remember I got, exactly what you got a wood shaper, a joiner, and a dust collection system that are just sitting in my shop mocking me because I need to get two twenty put in the shop, so I can't even <laughs> test them out yet. So I've like thought about like writing them through the dryer outlet and just like just doing it right in front of the laundry room like everything i need to use it for but you should yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean w once you have a tool that's on 220 though you're like why did i never like why have i never done this before they're just so smooth and so quiet yeah. because they have like they have no amperage it's crazy these things are like practically brand new but have been sitting in a garage unused for like five six years so they're just rusty you know why, right? Why is that? They didn't have 220 either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, didn't, he didn't pay to have the 220 put in. Right, and I think that might be what happened because it wasn't like a disclaimer or anything when I picked him up and I was like all amped when I got him and everything and then I got home and I was like, I bet you I can't even plug these in. And sure enough, so it's just teasing me. So hopefully soon, hopefully soon we can get my breaker box upgraded and get some 220 in the garage. Do you have a, is is your panel is it in the garage? It's right outside the garage, but I have no room. So my free investment in tools is going to cost me a brand new oh, breaker yeah. panel, and then the electrician to come out and run two twenty. So yours sounds just like mine. 
So mine is completely full, and it's on the outside of the garage. Mm -hmm. And I got quotes to get electrical put in, and it included like a sub panel, and then yep. a 220 outlet on each wall, so three, mm -hmm. and then like a 110 outlet every four feet. And then there is four outlets in the ceiling for like LED lighting mm -hmm. that'll operate off a switch. And the first quote I got was like twenty seven hundred dollars. Goodness. And the yeah. second quote I got crazy. was like seventeen hundred, but then he forgot to add the sub panel and the four outlets in the ceiling. <laughs> and then the third guy was a friend of my friend. And he works for, like, the electrical union here in Vegas. So it's, like, his off time. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he said, you know what? I'll do it for 700 bucks." I was like, deal. Yeah, right. Like, come do it. So Ooh. he's supposed to start, like, next week. But That's a sweet I was, deal. Yeah, because I was like, one guy wanted $200 to install one outlet. I was like. That is ridiculously expensive. No, I mean, installing one outlet, that's like maybe like 20 bucks in materials. Yeah, exactly. That's like some crazy markup. And more than likely, you wouldn't even have to like do anything to the box. He would just tie in and yeah. daisy chain a another outlet. Exactly. But it's funny because I bought a joiner back in South Carolina that was 220 and I only had 110 and what's worse than waiting to get 220 is converting it back to 110. <laughs> it was yep. it was a sad day. I mean, the good news is you can reconvert it. That table saw I posted last night, yes. I had my father-in-law go ahead and switch it over to 220 because he was an electrical engineer. So that like it took him more time probably to find a screwdriver to open the panel up than it took him to actually convert it over to 220. <laughs> Jeez. That's, hey. See, I need better connections. Apparently, they think that's what you guys are saying. You need to know. <sighs> well, yeah. I mean, he's he said he'd come down here and install like a hundred amp panel sub panel actually in the basement. The problem is, is my panels in my garage on the ground floor, and my shop is in the basement. So I'd have to like run route everything into the basement and then run all the electrical around the basement. Worth it. Because right now I'm working off of three outlets. I have three outlets in like 1,200 square feet. Wow. I still have one. See, we had the sub panel already for the mother-in-law quarters in the back, but that's mm -hmm. tied into the main panel, so I'd actually be running it backwards, and that already is like my panel's at max capacity, and then we threw a sub panel on, so there's no way I can get 220 on that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so you might... Mm. I know. Yours might be yours might be a fun investment to to get the garage upgraded. Right, yeah, you're running from the street. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like you know catching everything on fire, so I'll just be patient and wait and have everything done right. Good, 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 good. good. Oh, Although those tools are cast iron, so they'll t they'll survive, but nothing else will. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the important part. <laughs> right. All right. So. Um, I had a like I totally had some questions pre-planned and then this morning just gone. They were just like out of my head gone. But the one like I guess the kind of basic one I had is, you know, as a as a female maker, every time you go to someplace new, like cuz I know you said you went to a new hardwood dealer recently to get some of that like weird plywood mm -hmm. that you're working with. Like how is it dealing with those people? I mean, as a woodworker who's been doing this for several years as as a male woodworker, Sometimes whenever I go to certain, you know, certain hardwood dealers, they're, you know, they're pretty, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of the, the PC way to say this, right. but they're, yeah, but they're, they're not nice to me at all. I'm like, you, your whole job is to try to sell me something and buy, and I'll buy it from you because there's plenty of competition. I can go elsewhere. Exactly. I just went to you because you were convenient. And that may be why that they act that way is because of their convenience factor. I don't know if I just happened to go be like when they were closer to closing and the guy was ready to get out of there, but I went in with the attitude of like, I'm ready to load up my truck and like just take on a bunch of projects because now I have this material and I can 
do whatever I want with it. And everyone that was in the yard um, had been there for some time, I guess would be the nice way of putting it, how, you know, for some years that the facility had been open and they were so helpful and like talking through what I needed and even trying to find me better deals on materials for the plywood and everything. And then just at checkout, the guy was just so rude and didn't want to be bothered. And he was actually a younger guy. So it was kind of surprising. I figured the roles would be reversed with the attitudes I received from people. Um, yep. So I don't know. I'm trying to talk kind of wood talk, I guess you would call it and use proper terminology and everything. So that way I didn't look like I didn't know what I was doing. So I don't know if he didn't like that or what, but it's just kind of the attitude you get a lot. I know a lot of, a lot of other female makers have experienced it too, where they'll go to Home Depot or Lowe's and stock up on wood and they automatically whoever's helping him out oh this is for your husband he made you go get wood it's like catch up with the times man like it's i think pinterest really just like was the gateway for like women makers to just go out and just have this like i can do it attitude you know and it's just mind-blowing that some people still can't be okay with that and still have to have their little digs or little comments or their assumptions that's because they're jealous that they can't do it I know. I do have some pretty cool tools, so maybe that's why they're jealous. So. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> or they're jealous that you have your own business and they're still stuck working for corporate, you know? Right. Yes. Which I can't say anything. I'm stuck working for corporate. Right. I don't have my own business. So, so, so. am I. <laughs> I mean, so I'm, def- like, I'm definitely jelly for the for the makers out there like you where you have your own business. Right. So I mean, definitely. some days I'm like, I want a part-time job at, you know, one of the big box stores so I can get a discount on materials that I need, but they've they don't often seem happy with where they're at. So I guess I'll just continue the grind and be self-employed. The, the only, per, the only person you, that, that can be dissatisfied with you is yourself, you know, right. it's like, you don't, you don't have to make anyone happy, but yourself. Right. So. And I can imagine not only shopping for materials, but shopping for tools, the same kind of stuff happens. You know, it's actually funny shopping for tools because if you're getting a larger item, um, I feel like I get less help because they feel like, oh, she thinks she can do it on her own type thing. I don't think I've bought a tool yet where any worker at a big box store has been like, let me help you load it up. And that's when I actually want help because, you know, you're getting a miter saw or whatever. I'm like, this is, you know, it even says on here, two man lift. No, it's a one woman lift. So (laughs) I don't know if it's just my area or other people are experiencing that, but it just blows my mind. They're like... Or even full sheets of plywood, four by eight sheets of plywood. That's big and difficult to handle. I've had people walk by me at the store and they're like, oh, looks like you got it. I'm like, oh, okay, keep walking away in your red vest and I'll just struggle. Thanks. So, so I think that's just <laughs> every big box store everywhere. Because I remember when I bought my miter saw, they were really helpful about, you know, trying to, quote, sell it to me, even though I already knew what I was getting. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get this one. They're like, okay, have a good day and walked away. Yeah. I'm like, it. hello. Like, so it's like you did half your job. Uh, do the other half. You sold it to me now. Now help facilitating exactly. me getting it. Maybe I'll have to purchase the warranties from now on. So when I get it outside and try to load in my truck, I drop it. They can replace it for me because no one was willing <laughs> There to you go. <laughs> You know, I, you know, what's funny is like, you would think that like, you, you know, especially the younger single guys would be like, oh, let me help this, you know, let me help this girl out. You know, this, this dainty female, let me help her out, you know, <laughs> help her load this in the truck. Let me be like so. big, strong, manly guy. No, no, they just don't care. Apparently <laughs> they don't, they don't care no matter who it is. I've had, I've honestly had more older guys like well retired guys at you know at the at the depot or at Lowe's ask to help me with stuff and I'm like dude I'm afraid if if I if you drop it on your end you're just gonna get crushed yeah <laughs> yes. I'm like hey, yeah. you may want to have one of these younger guys help I mean I'm more than happy to you know to have the help but I'm like if you go down I don't know what's gonna happen right I like when I'm shopping for like getting screws or something down you know at the big box stores in the 
people that work there are trying to help a customer and they're just giving them false information like they don't know what they're talking about and uh, so the employee walks away and i'm like okay let me tell you what you really need and then how appreciative everyone else is and then it's like you just slip them a business card after that and it's like hey if you want me to build that project for you like just give me a call so yeah i, d- I that's a good way to do it i wish i was in the floor care business because i don't know how many people i have seen like and 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 it helped in the store I don't know why people think that you can use like deck grade stain to stain a hardwood floor. Right. I think they just see stain and buy it by the gallon and they assume the stuff you use outdoors is the same well, stuff you use it indoors. It's like high impact. Like, just, <laughs> totally kidding. No one's going to understand the sarcasm <laughs> in that over the podcast either. But. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think people just buy- don't like to read labels. And the other thing is like, if it's for outdoor use, yes, it's going to be a much more quality product, but it should never rain in your house. <laughs> you shouldn't have to worry about rain or snow or sleet maybe they... or, or direct sunlight. You know, maybe if you have like the huge windows like you do in, in your room, Martina, maybe direct sunlight. But like, what is that? Like 10% of the overall flooring in a house. Right. It's going to get direct sunlight. I don't like I just I don't get it. I think I I think these there was an older couple one time I think they would have possibly died trying to stain their floors because they grabbed the most volatile outdoor stain possible and like had probably close to six gallons of it and I was like are y'all getting ready to build a deck I'm, you know so I was trying to see if I could maybe you know make a little make a little side money and they're like no we're redoing our floors in our house I'm like let me give you a no, hand here no just no. You don't want to use that. You will end up dying. You'll the you'll asphyxiate for sure because this is meant to be used outside where it rapidly volatilizes and outdoors it won't kill you. Indoors you will die within the first 10-15 minutes of use. Bad idea. Well, usually the people helping you at the big box store I swear they're just like assigned randomly because nobody ever knows anything about their own department. Right. <laughs> it's like there's that one one person, Will, and you'll go to them like, I was in the appliance section. I was like, hey, do you know where this is? And they're like, yeah, it's aisle 17. And then he's like, you need me to show you like where everything is? I was like, isn't that somebody else's department? He's like, yeah, but they don't know what they're doing. It's like, <laughs> okay then. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I have a little local hardware store that's been around for like 50 plus years that everyone there like is dedicated to their apartment or department and knows exactly what's going on. So if I ever like need problem solving or like a specific like screw or something, something that's hard to find, I'll go there. And obviously it's a little more expensive because it's like a mom and pop store, but it's totally worth it. And they get all into whatever project you're working on and stuff like that and are willing to help. And they're like, Oh, show me photos and everything. So it's just a totally different experience. But the only hard part is they're so small. They don't have everything that I need. Yeah, I can understand that. So one question I had is when you go through, like, say somebody wants to order something, do you ever have problems with people thinking you don't know what you're doing in that aspect? All the time. (laughs) I can imagine that's probably, like, one of the number one areas where people are like that. Well, it's hard. Like, that one, it's a little bit trickier because you don't know if it's based off of age, like an age thing that I haven't been doing this long enough or been able to do this long enough based on age or if it's a gender thing Uh, i'm sure that one can go either way but uh it's nice when you kind of have a portfolio and you can show them what you've done and what you could you could speak to things you've done or similar projects that you've taken on or just say yeah this is something new like you can totally take a chance with me and we'll see if it works out so it's it's hard to convince someone, but then once you do it and they're happy with the product, it's really kind of rewarding that they were put the trust in you and you're able to deliver. That's good. Yeah. So I guess kind of as a sort of a follow-up to that, are there ever times where someone has like actively seeked you out because you are a female maker and you might have a, say a better perspective on something or they, they, maybe think that you have a lot, you know, you have a very, very good eye for 
specific design or something like that. Not just the fact that you're, you know, that you're a woodworker or a maker. It's just that you're a, you're a female maker, so you have you have a you know completely unique vision. Yeah, I mean, we try to do um, like whole home design walkthroughs as well so if we're going to build custom furniture and then also say like kind of what decor would look good in there so that helps with some of our female clients but i think they kind of just use it to work against their husbands really so it's like oh two women (laughs) said this will look good so this is what we should do which is fine by me because it just increases my business um but i think definitely um with certain projects like just more dainty like I don't want to say feminized gifts, but kind of stuff like that where it's more attention to decor. Like a lot of the vinyl stuff we do, I think they appreciate like a woman's touch on it. And then um, a lot of like, it's easy when someone's reaching out for like a gift idea for a coworker and stuff like that. I feel like they say like, you totally understand because like that attention to detail and that thoughtfulness and stuff like that is easier to kind of work through. So, so you're not just doing like you know what i've seen lately is i mean you're doing those signs for the wedding and you've done a good amount of furniture you're also doing like interior design kind of i'm trying to hustle as hard as possible so (laughs) so just just what whatever whatever you can sell you're selling exactly exactly Um, okay so i've had um, client walkthroughs with choosing paint samples and kind of backsplash samples and then while we're there like uh choosing cabinet hardware everything like that but so it's that's why it's like woodworking and design i don't want to be locked into one specific realm of making so if i can design and everything like that because some people just want that consultation and they're okay with going to an ikea or uh, cost plus world market and buying that furniture because they want that instant gratification and it doesn't hurt my feelings because I'm able to make my money elsewhere with them. So. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's definitely a unique perspective that I, for sure, I, like myself personally, I would have no, no idea. Yeah. Like I, I, interior design is completely outside my purview, but I mean, I take, you know, I do take a slightly different approach than, than a lot of the kind of modern makers do. Um, and that I build furniture, but I also restore furniture because I really like old furniture and I want to try to, you know, put some new life into it and, and, and let people, you know, that have heirlooms, you know, ha- maintain those heirlooms and, and keep, you know, putting them on through generations. Right. There's definitely a couple projects that I've been handed recently that I could, I might have to pick your brain on with restoration and everything like that. Cause that's fine. Yeah. They're that's fine. like, Oh, I picked this up for $20. I'm like, Oh my God, do you know how many hours of work this is going to require just to get it up to speed? So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, you can take a $20 piece and make it look like a $2,000 piece. Right. That's the benefit of all the older furniture and everything because it's like true hardwood and sometimes species that aren't even being used anymore so it's nice to be able to bring them back to life and they're going to last another you know 150 years absolutely absolutely and besides i mean they're they're classics for a reason Mm -hmm. art deco was art deco for a reason Uh, you know the mid-century modern was was that for a reason there's so many different furniture styles and you know they still look good depending on what styling there is what how your house looks things like that so you definitely you definitely have a have a leg up in the fact that you don't just do furniture and signs. You also do the kind of interior design and, and consultation. So Yeah, it's it's kind of hard because sometimes I'll walk into a friend's house or anything or like something like that. And I'm like, mm, I don't like that. Like, let's I'm like, <laughs> let me just let me just work with this for real quick what you have. And I'm going to reposition some stuff. And then they're like, oh, I like that so much more. Or like even one of my last client walkthroughs, she had this mirror that was kind of just up against the wall in her bedroom, like leaning up against it. And I said, can I just do something real quick? And she's like, yeah, I took it downstairs and I hung it in her entryway. And she's like, I love that. I was like, thank you so much for like just letting me own Perfect. your house. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, but it like it's bothered me the past couple of times. And I feel like we're in the place now where I could just be myself and you can, do you what can, I want. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's pretty killer. That's pretty killer. So I know from mine and Trevor's perspectives, uh, our wives really could care less about, you know, about the making, about any of this. If my wife wants me to make her something, most of the time it gets unfortunately pushed to the bottom of the uh, the to-do list. But 
you know, if she wants something made, she, that's a, that's about as far as it goes for for the woodworking. How how does your wife like? You know, is she? I've seen her in some of your stories, but I'm not sure. Is she integral to your business? Is it kind of a partnership thing, or she just kind of hands off and lets you do your thing? Um, I try to put her to work as much as possible. So <laughs> she's <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, she she definitely runs with the design and. Um, the interior design aspect of everything. If I can, I try to put her to work in the shop, but in, she doesn't like power tools as much. But with she gets the same thing. Uh, you know, she asked me to redo our laundry room in January. I just wanted to clean the dryer vent, but she wanted the yellow 1970s tile ripped out. So and the linoleum floor that was in there ripped out. So I started that project in January, and we're in what September now, and it's still not done. So. <laughs> That sounds so like a normal home project. Exactly. Like it's the same thing when you're, I think no matter what your spouse always kind of gets put on the back burner. So as much <laughs> as you love them. Uh, yeah. But she, um, a lot of the vinyl stuff, like the vinyl signs that we're doing for that wedding and everything, she's been able to help me with, but I'm sure she hates me a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh, I signed you up for this project and it needs to be done by this day. <laughs> and she has a full like eight to five job. And so she comes home, it's like five 30. I'm like, okay, now to, work for naughty thanks i'll make dinner while you do that i appreciate it well, that's good <laughs> yeah. that's good see I, see my problem is i still have to make the dinner too yep. i make the dinner i do the business stuff she uh, she unfortunately she actually has two possibly three jobs depending on the day um so she's got a full like like seven to six job and then she's home for a little bit and then she goes to her other job till about nine thirty. so see crockpot all the way that's what you got to do. Uh, yes. We do some crockpot stuff, but most of the time I'd rather just like just cook up something and, and be done. I'm searching for an Instapot. That's why. That's kind of what an, I, ins- an Instapot. Apparently, it's like a crockpot, but sped up, so it's like you don't have to wait six hours or whatever, but you kind of get that same like juicy tenderness of like chicken and everything. So is it? So is it kind of like a almost like a pressure cooker and a okay to my understanding yeah see i i honestly i kind of would like a sous vide for times it's just like all right i really want a nice steak whenever i get home Mm -hmm. so you put the nice steak in like at lunch and then five six hours later you have this perfectly cooked piece of steak the problem is sous vide takes up so much space and you can only do it you know with kind of certain things right so See, I have... Look at us get look at us getting all fancy. I know, it's because Trevor's ignoring us. So <laughs> my daughter was here. <laughs> got to hand got to handle those parent duties. See, now I'm gonna have to barbecue or something today since we're talking about steak. Oh, tomorrow because right. we have that wedding tonight. So all right, just skip right. the wedding, just barbecue. <laughs> just that barbecue. was a road trip and a half to get out there and get that wall delivered and just the anxiety of having that thing strapped in my truck i don't know if you saw it how it was tied down in my stories no i did not laying over the the bed of my truck on the flat surface so then the supports are standing up high and it's as wide as my truck is and i have an f-150 so it's a pretty decent size but i like any bump i was just like white knuckle driving this you know hour and 15 (laughs) minutes and then once it was there i was like "Uh uh-uh i'm not bringing this thing back like if i have to just leave it and abandon it on this site this is not coming home with me i can't do it again the thing is it's like sometimes things that big even though they seem like they're unmanageable if you tie them down good they're honestly they're like solid as a rock the things that i worry about are like that table i refinish because if I strap it down too hard or try to like mm-hmm. hold it in place, I might break it. Right. There's like tons of little tiny details that would like snap off. That's the things that like worry the crap out of me. Yeah, there was this thing went absolutely nowhere. I had a friend of mine that used to like drive truck professionally and everything come help me tie it down. And we went for a test drive and he's like, is anyone behind you on the road? I was like, no, he's like, start swerving. So we're up and down my block, like swerving like crazy at 40 <laughs> miles an hour to just test this thing out. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do if it falls out of the truck though. So, <laughs> but that thing, those straps Thankfully did not even, yeah, those straps did not budge. They were almost so tight. I could almost not loosen them when we finally got to the destination. All the adventures of woodworking. Of course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my biggest thing is, trying to fit lumber in a honda civic so that's where your engineering background i'm sure comes into play 
Aside of plywood, I can fit almost anything I buy. The plywood is the tricky part. At least they can cut some of it down on site, unless you need a full sheet. Yeah, usually if I need a full sheet, it's like, look at my phone and find out who's available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he uh, he loves to use his friends that own a truck. So. It sounds like so he's ever If he's ever in Fresno, <laughs> then you know who's getting a call. Well, the best is I'm in Vegas a couple, t- well, at least once a year, so I'm sure when I, I might actually be twice this year, so I'm sure when I drive out there, it's going to be like, hey. You got a truck? Mm -hmm. Hey, load me up with some plywood because I don't know if I'm going to get access to a truck anytime soon. Exactly. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't actually use plywood all that often because I don't, most of the stuff I do is laser work. So it's not most of the material I have right now on hand. And if it's acrylic, I have to like special order it anyway. But plywood, I don't usually get orders for plywood. That's, I feel like I cannot keep enough plywood on, on hand or in stock right now. It's crazy. So I moved a half inch thick sheet of Baltic birch plywood with me. So heavy. And it, I think I had it for like seven months in South Carolina and then I moved it with me and I still haven't used it and it's been another six months. I told you you could you could just let me have it. You, I took all those scraps. By the way, I'm very appreciative for the scraps. You I've took a bunch of spray to paint it. too. I t- yeah, I took a whole I took a whole case of spray paint. You know what I've used most of it for? What? To seal the ends on free wood. There you yeah. go. Whenever I find wood on the side of the road, I bring it home and spray paint the ends and let it sit and waiting to get my chainsaw mill. Well, it's like all those things they wouldn't let me move that were like flammable or combustible. It's like, here you go. There you go. That's free chemicals. <laughs> here you go, Stephen. Don't die. <laughs> I know every time Every time I put on my mask, I always think of Stephen after the first episode of the podcast. I'm like, oh, he would yes. totally want you to put your mask on. Put your mask on. Don't be lazy. So, <laughs> Thank you. Thank Even you, after thank the you. first episode, I forgot to do it. And then like the next, I think it was the next week. I had a sore throat and everything associated to not wearing it while spray painting. I was like, yeah, I should have listened to our own advice. And then try to mm-hmm. break your foot on your joiner. That too. That Oh yeah, I remember that. That, one. that sucked. That hurt so bad. Well, I mean, I fell off the ladder, which we never talked about ladder safety, which we totally should one episode whenever I'm being safety police hardcore. But yeah, I fell off the ladder and that sucked pretty bad. Well... It's always something. It's always that thing you've done like 50 times. And then that one time you're like, I've done it 50 times before this. That's how I got no work and was off work. I was, we yeah. have like an attic storage crawl space and I was up there putting, pulling down Christmas decorations or something like that. And the floor gave out and I fell through. So I put my arm out to brace myself and Holy tore crap. stuff in my shoulder. But oh, yeah. so this is. Lesson learned the hard way. Don't trust someone else's work because I wasn't the one that installed it and built it. So if you're looking at it from the ground, it was drywall. And then from up in the attic, I, everything else is plied wood sheets, except for that one section that happened to be particle board. So I had been up there tons of times before, but just that one day was up there in that spot and went straight through it. So, oh, man. And then was off work for a year and then didn't really go back. <laughs> yeah. And now it led you to your own company. So, hey, maybe it worked out. Maybe. Some days the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's up in the air. It's up in the air. So what problems do you encounter most, I would say, as being a female maker? Because I know some people are, especially on social, are just jerks. <laughs> right. It's, I think, just respect alone. Um I came from, since I was a paramedic and on the ambulance, I was really used to that being in a male-dominated industry. So I would show up on a call and happen to be working with a male partner who was an EMT. So less less education, less certification. I was basically the one in charge and automatically anyone there would go talk to him. Like that's, he, you know, he knew what he was doing. He was the guy and it's like, oh no, hi, I'm in charge. I'm here to run the call. But it's just... I think it's kind of embedded in everyone. I don't even think they realize it, you know, that 
it's you're naturally drawn to the kind of the man in the situation so i think just getting respect as a female maker is always going to be more of an obstacle than if like than a male maker would experience and not that it's a bad thing i think that at the end of the day when i complete a project anyone i deliver it to is like that's so cool that you happen to be a woman and you're able to do this and i don't think that i have less knowledge or less ability because I'm a woman, but I mean, I have less strength. Let's be honest. Sometimes I'm loading up this furniture. I'm like, yep, it'd be nice if like I had some help here, but it's just like kind of being able to man that demand that respect and deserve it and be able to kind of make that whole female maker community proud that I'm with them and able to represent them in a strong way. But I just, some of these girls that I watch that it's I don't know if this is appropriate some of the women makers that we I follow and I know other women makers I follow don't make and I'm sure you guys have started noticing that even with <laughs> male makers that they people just kind of like to male or female like to stand there and look pretty with her tools I like to stand there with my tools and put them to use <laughs> so so it's really hard it's really hard to be able to like especially if you're trying to get like sponsorships and stuff like that say like this is why i'm better than that other girl like i'm sorry that i'm not doing a full face of makeup and doing my hair to go out there and get covered in sawdust but i like i could represent your brand and actually put it to use rather than just like oh this is how you hold the drill but i don't know how to change the drill bit so She 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 has cracked the code. She has cracked yeah. the Instagram social media code that not all makers actually make. Right, and I think that's been oh, a she let out the huge, dirty mm-hmm. It's been a huge topic of conversation with the people that I chat with daily in DMs, especially through other female makers. I know that I've gotten dms from female makers that it's like it's so cool to see that you're actually able to build furniture and you're turning over a good product because i follow someone that says oh yeah i built this table and it still has a little bit of wobble but they have like ten thousand plus followers i'm like yeah. i'm okay with my thousand if i can actually produce a good product and i know what i'm talking about oh yeah oh yeah or and there's I'm... also the the ones that i don't I don't know that I've ever seen a finished product on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. Male or female. But I've seen a ton of pictures where they're just holding something. Right. And then it's like 70,000 followers. I'm like, what? Something's broken. And then, <laughs> and then they just got something free in the mail from a tool company that won't give me the time of day. Yeah. That well, so, some of the ones that kill me are the ones that advertise for like a shop apron or boots or gloves or something like that. Things that you know should after maybe the first month two months of work should look dirty but you've never seen them dirty in any picture right if they were actually doing work they would be dirty you should i want to see i want to see a pair of work boots that look like you know that look like absolutely crap but they're still holding up right you know they still they've still got great support i mean my work boots that i that i and i will rep all the time red wing they're very expensive, but guess what? They've lasted a long time, I, and they stand behind their products. So, like things like that, or you know, I want to see that. I want to see a maker, you know, say, "Look at these work boots I've had for the last decade. They look like crap, but I still wear them every day." Yeah, I have my Timberlands that looked like crap after the first week, but <laughs> and then I see other makers out there, and they're just squeaky clean i'm like that's there's not even a speck of dust on this might you should see my oh, shop apron yeah. that is disgusting and that will stay in the garage because it's all the pockets are full filled with sawdust and everything like that so i think my favorite of all those is the pristine clean power tool with a finished product that came off of it like a like a lathe project where it's Look at this bowl I made, and then it's pictured next to their lathe, and there's zero sawdust anywhere, and there's like no visible sign that any work had ever been done. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I turned this in five minutes. I'm like, bowl. Yeah. There's no way. Even when my shop's clean, it's still not clean. Uh, when I can get it to yeah. manageable standards, it still looks like work gets done out there. I was like, what'd you do? Like, 
clean it all up and then wipe it down and then polish it. Right. Like, there's no way. It looks like you took it right out of the box. Nope, 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 nope. And that's why, like, I can legit say, like, are either one of y'all familiar with Ashley Harwood? Mm-hmm. Like, like the the Green Turner. Yeah. Like she turns a ton, a ton of bowls. Like she, and this is like something she does. Like in competition too, she goes up against other turners and they turn for like time and speed. It's crazy. She goes all over the world and does these turnings. She lives in Charleston and I've never been to one of her classes because I'm not a turner, but I know like two or three people that have and they're, they're like, yeah, she's legit. All of her stuff. Yeah. May look generally pretty clean. She keeps a clean shop to just maintain like, you know, cleanliness Mm -hmm. factor. But whenever she's working, she is dirty. Well, if you turning seen... turning is not a clean thing at all. Say so if you ever watch her like videos or her stories, she's covered like head to toe in sawdust yes. that's just flying everywhere. Oh yeah, especially when she's doing green but you... turning. But she does take those pictures. But you never see those pictures out of these other people we've talked about. Right. It's like I don't think I've ever seen sawdust near them, much less on them. Yeah, I it blows my mind that and we were just we were talking about weather earlier my shop's been 100 degrees since may so if oh, i'm yeah, in yeah. my stories i'm bright red face sweating like covered in dust it's like talking about whatever i'm working on and then they have these perfectly staged photos and you know their shop's not air conditioned because you don't see a unit anywhere and i'm like you're not even you're not even like slightly red don't tell me you yeah. just made anything you haven't done anything exactly but I, de- I mean there's definitely female makers out there that i'm envious of that are just busting butt and like totally representing and know what they're talking about and it's awesome to see them and follow them and listen to them and their experiences and everything like that and i some hopefully go to WorkbenchCon and can sit in on their lectures and everything like that and hear how they got there because i think it is something to market really that hey like i'm i'm a woman i can do this too like get your brand out of a gender specific role and have me represent for you so who do you draw inspiration from since you you just said there's um there's people that you look up to for that there's a lot of even smaller accounts i think are great woodworkers i know like i feel you trevor you and i have talked about this that like smaller accounts are underappreciated and actually have Mm -hmm. better content that you can learn from um elma at pink soul studios like she's always grinding out something on the cnc or the other day i was watching her do like a zero insert plate for her miter saw and she right now i gotta do that too Uh, (laughs) um i think she's a great account to follow um Sacred Cinder, she's a good account. She does like a lot of sign work and stuff like that. And I'm pretty envious of her because this week she decided that she's not doing custom orders and she's just going to start building what she wants to do and make what she wants to do. And she has like no tools and she's able to bust out really innovative stuff. She was able to make a table saw jig to make rounds out of, which I thought was super cool and scary because, you know, I have table saw fear i cut myself once and now i never want to use my table saw again so i still have all my digits though um and then like i follow danielle at rustic disposition i believe i'm pronouncing that right and she does a little bit of everything she does like mountain rounds where it's um like a lot of those strip wood pieces and painted but this week she's busting out like a laundry cart like full on like woodworking and was able to like do a tutorial on how she did her um cuts with the router and stuff like that to do like inlays with her plywood and stuff it's just hmm. but you know and then you look it's like oh this person must have a large following and then you go and it's like thousand followers 1500 followers but you know that they're, that seems to be the trend it blows my mind and then i look at these accounts that have 70 80 90 whatever it is ninety thousand, and it's like i feel like i stepped into a infomercial Half the time. <laughs> yep. So there's don't get me wrong, there's still people that have that many that do a lot of work and I don't see a lot of the sponsored stuff. But there's also quite a few that are that way. So I mean yesterday with my uh post about wanting to get a better drill, Rigid commented on it and said, Oh, we're we're 
we may be biased, but we're a big fan of our brand. And I responded and I was like, I would love to try your product out. Nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're very hard to get I won't, stuff from. I won't have a Team Rigid yes. banner in my garage anytime soon. So. Well, I do have it, but I still haven't gotten tools. So <laughs> I have the banner. Oh, did you order it or they sent it to you? They sent it to me when I I had made a rigid sign Got for it. somebody that was Team Rigid. Got it. And then they sent me one. But... For me, it's like, I so I would post woodworking projects when I was like under a thousand followers, and I'd barely get any likes. But then as soon as I started doing these signs, that's kind of where people started actually looking at what I was doing. So I just kept going with what was working. So I still do woodworking in the background, but I, I don't post it that much because nobody seems to care to see that stuff. Yeah, I haven't unlocked the Instagram success yet. I uh, well, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you guys are right there too. It's like, well, when I started following you, Trevor, I was like, this guy's making signs for Craig, Oxbox, like these are big brands. And then you're st like, you and I are talking about follower account. It's like, what's happening? Like, why is my channel not any bigger? So, yeah, and I I've done. I mean, I I've done no those idea. ones where I had five thousand views on a video. And then the next video, I have 300. And right. it's still a sign. And it's still just as complex. But what? I don't know. It's I don't so know what the secret is. It's so funny because it's like woodworking's not all about Instagram. But it's such a big trend right now that mm -hmm. it's hard not to kind of obsess over it. And that's really where I get a ton of my business from. Like I have a website and I never have someone call me and say, oh, I found you your website. It's like, oh, I found you on Instagram. And I'm like, how'd you find me? Searched Fresno, found you. And that's, I I could close my website down. I could close my Facebook business page down and just run everything off Instagram because it's so user-friendly and they can kind of go back through and see everything. And it's nice when you have a client that like actually follows along and they follow your stories and everything. So it's like they're along with you for the can see everything and they understand why it's taken three weeks more for you to complete their project. Cause it's like, Oh, like this console table I'm working on, my total boat pumps broke. And then I got the replacement one in and it's the wrong one. So I had to order <laughs> another one. Oh, in. So I'm like, Oh, I'm already a month behind on that one. And I just lost three weeks worth of shipping. Awesome. So. Well, I mean, when I was making all those big like serving platters mm -hmm. for that for that restaurant, I mean, I was out for a week or a little bit longer, you know, whenever I was, you know, whenever I fell off the ladder, and then I was out for a while because I was like I got sent out of town. The end of the end of next month is going to be crap for me building anything because I've got three weeks uh, at a power plant outage, so I've got to do outage work, which means I'm not going to be home except for maybe Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday. And, I mean, generally, those nights are kind of reserved for, you know, other things. Right. So, and it's just like crap comes up. Even even if you own your own business, there's still plenty of crap that comes up. Yeah, because you own a, bu a business, but you're working from home, so you still have to run a household, and stuff comes up. And it's like, I didn't get anything done because, you know, life got in the way. So it's always funny to me when everyone's like, oh, you're living the dream. You're a full-time maker. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything because I'm a full-time business owner as well. So the, the difficulties of that and like I don't ever get any projects done for me. It's like, yeah, it's fun that I get to do something that I like full-time. But it's you, when you turn your hobby into a job, now I need a new hobby. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that a lot. <laughs> that's, and that's, I, think, I think that's kind of what happened to Megan a little bit. Uh, who's who was also supposed to be on the podcast this morning, but but her day job kind of kind of threw some things off. She she was full time woodworker, but it was burning her out bad, so she kind of changed With changed gears and went back to a a less stressful day job. And uh, you know, and she's still building stuff. She's still you know she's still got plenty of client stuff. It looks like because she's working on some big shelving unit or something earlier this week. I've decided she does not sleep. There's no way. With them and she is the, the perkiest person. I mean, you think on the stories, like, you know, some people's stories might be made up. 
having met her in person, Trevor, Trevor's met her in person, she is possibly one of the perkiest people alive, and she is super great people. She's <laughs> always so nice and willing to help out anybody or do anything, and, you know, she's she's definitely... She's definitely a quality maker and just a quality person in general. She And she's not the fake, you know, fake maker just holding up a tool and going, hey, look, I look pretty with a tool. Right. Some of the stuff <laughs> I kind of went through when you guys started talking about her, I started going through her feed and I was like, the genius behind that project and that design, crazy. So that's definitely like something I'm envious of. It's like, I wish that I st- like... Because obviously, like, being a full-time maker, I have, like, these client consults, and it's like, oh, I found this picture on Pinterest, can you make this? And I'm like, please just let me just design you something something, and, like, come up with something. So I'm just, like, I feel like a lot of her projects are like that, where she gets to just do her own thing, and I'm pretty jealous of that. But it's beautiful work, amazing stuff. Sometimes I don't know what to do when people say that, where they're like, yeah, I'd like a sign, but I want you to put your own, your own spin on it. I'm like, I I don't know what you mean because most people just just want their logo right. dead on. <laughs> what do you mean I have to be creative? Just like, just just yeah. Just, yeah. just do your thing, man. Just do your thing. I think like, with the sign work, that's definitely bites you in the butt because without them even saying it, they have the concept in their head of what they want it to look like. I think mm-hmm. with furniture, it's a little bit easier where it's like, trust me, I have this envisioned in my head. I know it's gonna fit in here. Like, just let me finish it, and then you do it and you have great success and everything but with sign work where it's you have free reign i've definitely had that bite me in the butt and i've now don't have them as clients anymore because they didn't like what i produced and just it was not worth the back and forth frustration so like don't well, don't tell me to make what i want and then you don't like what i want like it's kind of yeah. what we discussed it has everything that you asked for but it's okay to cut clients loose sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's some clients are just not worth it. Right. And I th- <laughs> it's crazy like the customer service aspect of this is you learn a lot about that. I think you learn a lot about people and it's sometimes you definitely don't see the best in people and it's yeah. surprising. Cuz there's always that one person that's like oh it took you like 2 hours uh is like four hundred dollars enough and you're like yes it mm-hmm. is and then you have the other person that's like it took you 10 hours mm, 20 bucks I... like, what <laughs> you're like that didn't even cost like cover the gas for me to go pick up the supplies yeah exactly so yeah. it's it definitely i think you see both the best and worst of people at the same time sometimes yeah it... unfortunately that i mean that's just what dealing with dealing with the general public Mm-hmm. exactly yeah i get that a lot where that's all you're gonna charge me i'm like i you i allowed on my invoice for tips so if you feel like you want to pay me more you can go ahead and pay me more so hey i hey i got a free happen. hug last yeah. week hey i dropped off that table and got a free hug i was totally i've had that <laughs> once from a client that it was really funny because she found me on instagram and was pretty skeptical and it was just cornhole boards that i was making but she was pretty skeptical of paying up front and i was like i'm sorry like i in order for me to do the project i need to get paid up front like i need to be able to go buy the materials and afford to take the time to work on your project and not someone else's so it's i warranty all my work if anything happens like i'll reimburse you your money you can feel free to bash me on the you know better business bureau or whatever that's fine but like let me just do it and i think you'll be happy and when she saw them they're customized like they're um time consuming cornhole boards she just about cried and gave me a hug over them and it's silly because it's just cornhole but i'm like see like this is why i'm doing it like when someone can be that happy with something that i made yeah and it totally makes it, it makes it worth it all it, all in the yeah. end it makes it she's worth been it. back like she's had more orders with me and now i get hugs every time so <laughs> that's good it's good uh well i think we're coming up on time so the the one thing we tried to do when we have guests on is to give a piece of advice to other makers. Um, and I think in this case, it'd be, I would say, specifically to the other female makers and kind of encourage them. What would you give them as advice? I'd say it's, some of these people that may listen to this podcast may not even be actual makers yet and kind of just thinking about getting into it so for them or for female makers i just just go for it like 
don't have fear of just because I'm a woman, I can't do it, like own it. And because you're a woman, you can do it and go prove everyone else wrong. Like, just take that time and just develop your skill and don't be afraid to ask for help. I know a lot of females feel that way. It's like, I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm doing. We're all learning here. It's we're learning every day. So just reach out to the community and strengthen your skills and own it. And just definitely say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a woman and look what I did. I, I was able to do this. It doesn't matter what gender I am. And I, I'm proud of myself for being able to accomplish something that I was too scared of or too scared of or sorry my dog too scared of or nervous or anxious to try if that makes sense i think even just the the anxiety of starting a project or diving into this realm can be too much but don't be just go for it own it have fun with it do a couple projects if you don't like it you know maybe you'll be able to find your niche in making it doesn't actually have to be woodworking there's a ton of other opportunities to get into the making slash crafting community and there's and there's so many like just niche areas in woodworking you don't have not everyone has to build furniture right you can be a turner you can be uh, a sign person you can make puzzles you can do all kinds of stuff i mean don't don't pigeonhole. I guess don't pigeonhole yourself into just thinking that woodworking is is just building these giant monolithic pieces right. out of out of solid lumber and plywood and stuff like that. You can make some of the most beautiful, minute things in the world too. Things that just go on a shelf and look pretty. People pay a lot of money for things that look pretty and sit on a shelf. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they pay more for that than they do for like full-on furniture right <laughs> that's true i wish i wish i got paid those freaking art rates you know it's like it's a picture of a painting of a soup can it's worth you know three million dollars it's art <laughs> it's art oh, man that's one heck of a can of soup just hey campbell's is good stuff man good stuff <laughs> just just own it just go for it that's why i mean that's what i did six years ago and look where it's taking me down this cra- crazy road so Go for it! Don't be scared. You you are you are a a, a BAMF. I'd like to think so. It's nice to hear it from someone else too. Got <laughs> 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 got to keep it got to keep it PC. Yeah. I had I almost yeah, went yeah. for it. I was like, uh, no, let's let's just yeah. let's just letter it out. Here. It's okay if people want to know what that means that don't know. They can just message us. Just just, right. me, just message you can, us. You can just find us on all us. of our channels on Instagram. We're very approachable. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and speaking of, since ours is always just kind of in the podcast, Martina, do you want to give everyone like where they can find you? Yeah, just find me um, all that stuff out. at Naughty by Nature underscore on Instagram. That's where I'm easiest to be found. You can, that's probably the easiest. I don't, I'm not as active on my Facebook page as this is. Um, but I, I mean, after 9 p.m., you probably won't get me to respond. But at 5 a.m., you can get me to respond. So uh, <laughs> shoot me a message if you have any questions or concerns or anything like that. I'm I'm around. I'll see, do the best I can to get you some information. And you are very active in your stories, even if they have nothing to do with woodworking and a lot to do with waffles. Oh, my. This is the best part. <laughs> if you can see in the dark. There's my plain waffle right there. Oh, yes. oh her yes. ego. Her ego After with all that on talk it. about it the other day, I had to. So There you go. And it's plain because I had to have it portable. So because I was walking around trying to figure out how to get this mic set up and everything like that. So no time for no time for syrup. So now I want an ego. See I oh, wanted waffles so bad for breakfast this morning. See I I do now. There's um, a food truck thing right by my house that's there Saturday mornings. And one of my clients messaged me after all those stories about a waffle food truck being there. Um, and so I'm supposed to go check them out. And I think I might now. I think I'm going to be done in time. All there right. Send, send me a menu of the chicken and waffles and, and you and I will discuss. Gonna, and I, will, I will get you the proper chicken and waffle. I will waffle. report back on whether or not I can go for the syrup. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, thank you very much. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. I feel yes. Yes. Of thank you for don't, thank you for being on. I don't know that I was re- able to completely represent every woman out there, but hopefully, I did a little justice to the female maker community. 
I think. Well, I mean, this this might be a good episode. We can always do a follow up on if we yeah. get some sort of weird, you know, questions yeah. or like you know, strange responses, things like hopefully that. Hopefully, we can. We're more than happy to do a, uh, do a follow up. Hopefully, we can get Megan on the next one too. I kind of like to see kind of what she's gone through, and even if she corrects me and tells me, "No, no, that's not how it is," like <laughs> <laughs> get a little dialogue going on with another female maker. Yeah, for sure. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So, so pretty much, I just invited myself back. So I'll be looking that, for that hey, Google that's invite. All good. So <laughs> hey, we have our first re- we have our first repeat guest. I missed that. Yes. You broke up. You have your first. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll have our first repeat guest. There you go. Yes, milestone. <laughs> all right. So I think I think that just about does it. We're just a little over an hour. So I think I think we're good. And y'all have a wedding to go to. You have a birthday party to go to. I have normal house duties to do and then i've got my own birthday dealings today so you guys have a great day and take it easy you as well happy birthday have a good one thank you thank you thank you for listening to our show be sure to check out makervisionpodcast.com we'll post valuable resources tips and info about anything we've talked into talked about in today's shows or past shows and all these things are to help your maker vision become a maker reality if you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or once again in previous episodes feel free to drop us a line at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com on instagram at makervisionpodcast or through mine and trevor's personal instagram accounts and that is old south woodcraft or maker experiment if you like the show please give us a five-star review and a and just some really nice words to to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing, hearing from you next week. 